G'day listeners, welcome to Full Metal Movie Reviews. We're back for another week, uh, and this episode we'll be talking about Stephen King's It, the psycho clown Pennywise and all his uh, hijinks. With me to, to talk about this film is, uh, he's back, he made his debut last week, he's back for more, it's Mr. Chance, how are you Chance? Oh, g'day Sam. Um, intro first, that's, uh, that's massive. <laughs> well, I'm going to take you down a peg. Because, you know, our last episode, American uh, I, I, I'm well aware of the four reviews, Sam. I, I, I definitely looked um, and a bit of a downer and you still got me back. So there not, you go. Only is it, not only is it poorly reviewed, it's uh, our least downloads. So least downloaded. So um, And two of them were me. <laughs> I, I got a feeling it's, it's the fact that that movie's not released in America yet and nobody cares about Tom Oh, Cruise. yeah, you're right. It is too. I remember, we did talk about that last mm-hmm. week. So give it a few weeks. You're joining myself and Chance. Rob, how are you, Rob? Back and uh, ready, ready to rumble, Matt. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. Love that can-do positive attitude. <laughs> and um, lucky last is Davo. Dave, how are you, mate? Get out of my Sorry, didn't, didn't catch that. Get out of my Oh, gee. Yeah, good day. He's, he's, he's talking through a pillow. I think he just did this on purpose. I, I Listeners, before the um, recording, I asked everyone just to turn their mics up, and I, I reckon he did it on purpose. He turned his down. The prick. Uh, it's there. It's there. It's there. Okay. Testing. All right, how's that? There we go. Perfect. We're good, right? Thank you so Perfect. much. There we go. Thank you. All right. Uh, I, just, I, I moved the boom. Sorry. So we've got, we got four people on, so I'm going to ask. We're going to try oh. to avoid stepping over everyone's conversation. Be as diligent as we can with that mute button because we don't want to, you know, make this too chaotic. But uh, Davo, I'm going to hit you up first. You're a bit of a Stephen King aficionado, <laughs> and by that I mean you saw the movie. What did you think? What's your initial thoughts? Ooh, initial thoughts. Um, well, I, I actually enjoyed it. I had a good run of films so far for this uh, podcast. Um, I thought it was uh, shot pretty well. The casting was pretty spot on. So I thought all the kids. Uh, <laughs> they were pretty funny. Like from, I read the book years ago, but the kids all were on point to the way I'd imagine them in the book, pretty much. So I thought that was actually, I thought it was really well done, and I liked. And we'll probably talk about more of this later. But have all you guys actually read the book? Yes, Rob, have you? Parts of it. Yeah. All right. Well, long story short, basically the book um, follows the same set of characters, but across two timelines when they're kids and when they're adults, and it kind of chops between the two. Um, but what they did for the film was they've broken it into two parts, so there's going to be two movies. The first one was focused on just the kid's story, and then there's going to be the uh, adult story, which I actually thought worked really well uh, when translating it to film, because I reckon if they did try and stay true to the source material, it just would have been like a, a bit of a mess. So from that regard, I'm actually pretty happy with their approach, Sambo, and I actually mm. reckon it was... um. It's a pretty good film. Well, from memory, I reckon from memory, having seen the TV movie with um, what's his name, Tim Curry, and read the book, I enjoyed the kid storyline more than the adult storyline because it's like, guys, 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 you're all in your forties now or thirties. You know what I mean? Grow up a bit. You know, just go to the <laughs> shop, get a gun, and kill this fucker. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it. Um, yeah. From yeah, the book. The adults, what the sad part is, though, is knowing, like, the start of the adult storyline mm. after watching this movie, I'm like, oh, Beverly is in for a rough time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the right. next 30 years of her life are going to be <laughs> shit. 
<laughs> so, uh, Davo, like, was, yeah. this a, was this a faithful adaption to the book in terms of the kid's story? I, I think so. Chance, have you read the book? I, I, read, I read chunks of it today, literally <laughs> <Nice>. between, <laughs> between train trips. Between spreadsheets. Um, yeah, <laughs> between old tabs. Can you guys remember in the book that there is... Yeah, I don't know how to yeah. this. I know, I know what you're about to say. I know what you're about to say. That the boys in the loser clubs, they all bang her in succession. They all have a turn banging her in the sewers. Are you guys aware I, I of that? The, I think the quote is to bring them all back together. And I don't know what Stephen King's childhood was like, but I don't think it's how you bring a group together. Well, oh I know, man. NRL, NRL players have been uh, using that technique for <laughs> generations, man. It seems to work for them. So Cocaine, Dave. That's cocaine. For, for our um, overseas listeners, NRL are the uh, rugby players that play the National Rugby League. Um, so, to Rob, to give you context, league. in the book, absent. Um, the kids basically defeat Pennywise in the sewers, but then they get lost and disorientated in the sewers. And to bring them back together and unite them, they like there's like four. I think there's like four um, boys and one girl called Beverly. The four boys all bang Beverly and all have to lose their virginity as one. But but are they are they a bunch of rapists or is she just a mega hoe? <laughs> or she <laughs> a bit of both? Oh okay, <laughs> sort of midway then. Well, she's like yeah, <laughs> she she met them all halfway. I don't know. Fuck, I'm not I'm not touching that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously there's that dark undertone, but they sort of leave that all aside, saying, "Oh, you know, I've only ever kissed one boy," which is which is you know pretty light touch. Nah, it was pretty <laughs> obvious, man. Chance, it, it was pretty obvious that the dad was. No, 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 not 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 saying not saying that the thing with the dad was light touch. I mean, saying it as in who she was as a girl. I mean that that they weren't. She wasn't sort of the girl that everyone thought her to be, despite what happened. But then in the book, this is at the height of Cocaine King. Like, he was he was pumping books out. He was fucking. It was after like The Shining and everything. I'm pretty sure too. Literally so on the got... first page of that book, he's already talking about dead bodies that having like parts of their body chewed off. And it's just, <laughs> oh mate, All right. it's out of control. I've got some actual um, words or text snippets from the book, and basically <laughs> Beverly goes, "You have to put your thing in me." Mike comes to her, then Richie, and then the act is repeated. Now she feels some pleasure. Dim heat in her childish, unmatured sex, and she closes her eyes as Stan comes to her, and she thinks of the birds. Jesus Christ! Isn't this what that? Isn't this what that reporter got arrested for? It sounds fairly familiar. <laughs> oh my God! I didn't write stuff. I, I totally forgot about that. I was like, oh wait, wait, wait. I was like, wait, wait, wait. What? They have a what? And I, apparently, it was for um, I don't know. They uh, he Stephen King's justification was that he was um trying to bring them all as to make like, I don't know, as one, but it, 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 yeah, it's not, it's not, <laughs> underage sex oh, is not yeah. how you go about Very it. Very unorth- unorthodox bonding. <laughs> She's a fairly damaged character and we all know she has a shit life with, and ends up in a marriage with an abusive husband. So the next, you know, 30 years aren't kind to that poor character and that girl. But I can't remember how the story ends with the adults though. Oh, one of them's like gets super damaged from it. One of them dies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure one of them dies and one gets super damaged. Like he comes, he's like like the town weirdo, and the kid with glasses. Um, what's his name? Richard? Richie? Yeah, trash mouth. Is is he like the main guy? No, Billy's the main guy. But just just on the before we go, sorry, I, yeah. I've got to dive in right here. But chance, am I wrong in thinking that the Mike kid straight up killed someone? <laughs> like he just straight up murdered the bully right down the well. Yes. Uh. Yeah, he did. 
Yeah, he went pretty crazy on that. Um, doesn't he come back though? It, like in the second part of the book, I I can't remember. Is it he in the mental hospital, Sam? If you remember, I think uh, he escapes. The, uh, oh, that's a good question. Mental hospital, or maybe um, he, maybe he does survive. But yeah, he. he well, I mean, I wouldn't say murder. I'd say defending himself. <laughs> uh, fair call. The Henry guy's lost his mind and he's just killed his dad. So, mm. fair call. But Mike is just like straight up pushes him down the well <laughs> and he's effectively killed him and they never speak of it again. Like, you're a kid. You've just killed someone. Granted, you then have this escalating fight with a... Uh, <laughs> with a pen-dimensional... Bearing... <laughs> yeah, sure. I think that I think that's just answered your question. <laughs> But still, you think at the end when they're all like hugging each other and shit and parting ways, someone would bring up that thing about, like, hey, hey, where did that guy go? Right thing. Or, you know, yeah. like, I give him saying, like, you, you killed him in self defense or you did the right thing, but it's just never mentioned again. Oh, Eddie, Eddie gets released from the hospital. This is the yeah. height, Sam. Well, not the height, but this was written in, um, it was like 89. Yeah, it was written in the eight. I think it was written in the oh, 86. Sorry, guys. It was written in 86. So, but the book, so the book's. Um, the first part of the book's based in the 50s, but the movie is actually yeah, set they've adjusted in the 80s. It for the they, viewership, okay. which makes sense. Well, I think, isn't the, adult, the adulthood set in the 80s, right? In, uh, the book. Uh, in, the, in the book, it is, yeah. So I guess when they come out with part two, the uh, the adulthood is, um, so what, it's late yeah, 80s in the book, thing. sort of in the 2000s. Yeah, a bit but more. you know why they set the kids in the 80s? Because they want to milk in or cash in on that Stranger Things money. And uh, maybe. This is literally uh, strange. This it's is more relatable, kids. though. It's Stranger Kids light. Mm. Stranger Kids, Stranger Things, sorry. Stranger Things like. No, um, it's not. It's yes, not. It is. It's just, you know what it is, though? It, it's a throwback to kids' adventure films from that era, it, like did, the Goonies and all that. Yeah, I, I was about to say, Dave, did this feel Goonie esque to you a bit, especially with, um, what's his name? The uh, alternative chunk with the truffle shuffle. <laughs> tits. <laughs> yeah, tits. <laughs> that was a bit. Is he is he a bit of a chabot in the film? Sorry, I was using it there in internal vernacular. Is he a bit of a fatty in the book? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's he's, tits. yeah. yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Henry's carving his name into tits. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. So <laughs> up. That poor kid, man. That escalated like, really quickly. Like he's gone from so... like pushing people to carving his name in their guts. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fast escalation. Yeah, but it, um, I thought I did think that was um, like I reckon this if they keep pumping out shit like this. I reckon it's going to be like a return to some of that good, um, that like good like eighties kids Lost adventure. Boys. Yeah, like kids swearing again, like at appropriate times. Yeah, like I feel like we've had this era of uh, film and TV of the helicopter mum and you can't offend my child and everything's super protected, and then we've yeah. got like all these soft cocks in society that can't handle anything, and now we're going back to like producing content and all that where. Like, it's going against the grain again. Like, the kids are starting to swear. The kids are outside getting into dangerous situations. And they're overcoming it and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's, I think it's pretty cool. And I'm, mm. I can't wait till this generation's Corey Feldman comes about. Yeah, maybe. But that uh, the reason why I say it's like Stranger Things light, because it's pretty much the same premise. Kids defying an interdimensional being, right? <laughs> so And it's got the same kid. It's got um, Richie's is, is, plays Mike yeah. Wheeler, so it's literally the same kid from Stranger Things. And yeah, get this, but... get this, the the creators of Stranger Things were initially attached to direct this film, but then Warner Brothers ditched them because they weren't high, high profile enough. Well, I don't know, Sam. I mean, you're comparing like it and all of that. Like it, the the IP is so much older. Like 
it's hard to say it's Stranger Things esque because it's it's it was fairly true to a lot of the source material. To be honest, firstly, Stephen King, it's Stephen King. I'm not the hugest fan. I mean, obviously, he's got some. I yeah, mean, he's created some classic stuff. That's a, a chance. That's a good call, and we're going to get into that a bit later on. Is Stephen? <laughs> is, is, are the works of Stephen King actually any good? But anyway, continue. <laughs> that's 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 for coming up coming up soon. Stay yeah. tuned. The, the way it was filmed, the way it was shot, the way it looked, it, it it was really really good. Like it was it was a really like good looking film, and and the way it was all set, color, all that type of stuff it was really cool. But I don't I don't necessarily enjoy these types of movies in general. It's this is the most ridiculous thought up. But like you you read a lot of fantasy books and they're really cool, like the stuff from the 1900s, H.G. Wells. It's just yeah, okay, that's pretty cool. But this is he was on just, serious drug it, trips, man. This is ten years into his writing career. He's released <laughs> this. He's making big money, partying like an animal. Sense. So I, I can understand why it was so chaotic. Yeah. But I'm going to say though, as a kid reading this, and it wasn't a kid kid, but I think I was like 12 years old, 12 or 13 when I actually read this book. It's got some pretty adult themes, but it was actually the first yeah. book that ever scared me. It's yeah, despite despite some of the ridiculousness of it, it's some um, like some epic horror. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Can I uh, um, jump in, um, Dave? So with the book, it, it actually takes multiple forms. Um, does he stay a clown in this film? He no, he does change. What is he changing? He does but change. Yeah, his base his base form is the clown form, mm. but he appears to all the kids, whatever scares them, and then switches back to the base clown form. So, what did he what did he appear as? Is the werewolf and stuff or not? No. So, okay. So, for the context of the book, you got to remember that was nineteen fifties. So, I think he's like a lagoon monster and shit like that. Mm. Might have been a werewolf one and that sort of thing. But in this book, he appears as. Mike, I think his uh, parents were the one that die in the house fire. So mm, yeah. he appears basically as like people trying to get out of a burning building. And then he Mike sees a clown at the end of that sort of vision. To Beverly, it's the um, blood spurting out of the That's the, the same. Hair. I think that's yeah, the same. so that's that's the same as the book. But it's like he, that's how he's appeared to her. Then you've yep. got the syphilis dude, or, um, the kid that has is scared of the... The psycho mum and the yeah Eddie Eddie's Eddie. is a is a leper. What apparently? What what kind what kind of kids get against syphilis? Jesus Christ, Stephen King. Well, sorry, yeah, it, yeah. It, was it a leper? Well, I think in the book it was it mentions uh, syphilis. Yeah, I think he said as a leper in in the movie. And what about the turtle? Does the turtle make an appearance? Nah, nah. I think that would have just thrown be- like no one. The people that don't know the story would have just like lost their mind seeing a random turtle appear. And so I don't the think, I don't think turtle, he the creator appear. of our universe doesn't appear. Well, he appears in the, to the adults. I don't think he did appear to the kids. The turtle. No, that did. Yeah, that happened later. Oh, does he? Mm. I can't remember. Are you sure, Sam? Yeah, because that's how the kids find out how you got to defeat him. It's through a battle of the wheels. Oh, that's right. It's the other way around because he tells the adults that the turtle's dead. And that basically, that's how, and that's how they find out that it. Um. Will, you can defeat it, but it will come back every twenty-seven years or something. They actually kill him for good, though, don't they? The, the adults do, yeah, because they decide yeah. to come back. Yeah, The adults' version of the book I didn't really like because I'm like, you've experienced this as kids, right? So here's, here's what you do. You go get your first... It's America. America. You go, you go get yourself an M16. Some go gets an AK and you go fuck that guy up. Like you don't... There's no... It's very hard to not be more prepared to confront this thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I think there's... They don't remember everything though. 
Yeah, that's the, the other point. thing. They they actually struggle. To, I don't know how, for some reason, they get amnesia or something. Yeah, that's right. So I think, because that's one of the themes in, in Stephen King's work and all that is like the, yeah. the uh, like memory and the power of memory and things like that. So memory I think oppression. that was, mm. yeah, and, and that was a running theme in that the characters had forgotten that experience, those experiences as kids. And like their lives never got better, like everything got worse because they didn't actually defeat him and all these experiences sort of fucked them up, mm. they forgot about it and then they're facing all the shit that turned them into the pathetic adults that they ended up by being. And then they're going to go back and fuck him up. So all of them had shit lives up until the age of 40. Yeah. And then I guess oh. you have to assume that things got better for him. That's right. And then in the book, Mike... He's the Mike's the guy that brings them all back because he realizes that these murders that are happening around the town are related to, to what happened to him. So then he calls them all back. I'm pretty sure that's mm. what happened. Mike calls them back, not Bill. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I, I think Mike, he, Mike... he's the librarian or something. There's a, I remember some scene in the TV movie that they're in the library. I'm pretty oh, sure no, it's Mike. I'm pretty sure it's Mike. Uh, yeah, Mike continues as a librarian. Yeah, there you that's go. right. There you go. All right, what about the final scene, I guess, where they confront it? I, I haven't seen this movie, so I don't, I'm maybe just talking to my ass here, but like, I heard it was a bit lame in the sense that it was pretty much they just had a bunch of sticks and I just started to beat them up with it. Is that how it went down? Sort of. <laughs> I think it was a bit... <laughs> I think they, they tried to be a little sticks, bit... man. They were iron rods from the iron fence. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and a few chains. So they had sharp... Yeah, so they had sharp ends to them. Like, So there you go, Chance. If you want something embedded in reality... Fucking iron, um, pretty painful, man. Copying one of those to the head. Yeah, <laughs> I, that part was symbolic. I, I, I can't remember. Well, I, I, don't, I don't really know what it's like in the book because obviously I glossed over that pretty quickly today. But he obviously goes through almost one by one, trying to like sort of scare each kid that quickly in, reincarnates as their chosen fear, um, and all of them sort of overcome that and just keep knocking him back, knocking him back until the end where no one's scared of him and then he just retreats back down the well. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Was it lame? Well, you know, it was a bit, I wouldn't say cliche. Well, yeah, a bit cliche, I don't know. But, I mean, that's it. That's the whole point of it, right? It has to be like that. No, nah, but I, I just think it was fine. Like, the whole scene was fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, there was nothing, it wasn't shot that badly. It wasn't that cheesy. Like, it was actually, it was pretty much all, it was by the numbers type movie tropes. And, that like, the way they shoot it, they actually really um, embed the kids into, like, a, I should put it like it, it's really like heavily set in realism and reality. So the scenes with like it, it, it makes him seem more powerful. So the kids never have any weapons. The kids never um, have like, you know, find a magic ring or some shit, which doesn't happen in the story either. So that's part of mm. Stephen King's writing. So, but it really translates really well in the film. So sh when shit's real, it's got sort of a weight to it. Like, I don't know if you noticed that with that rock fight chance. And the kids yeah. are having a rock fight with the bullies. Oh, like, I watched that. that shit felt so real. Yeah, I, I was. It was not. You know, when you look at you, it's like, oh, you know, that sort of feeling. But I was also thinking, if you're getting hit in the head with a bloody rock, you're not getting up, mate. Like, <laughs> that would hurt. Uh, exactly. Yeah, you're thinking someone's dying in this scene, and it's like, what the <laughs> fuck? And like, the kids just go like, rock war, and they just start chucking rocks at each other across the stream. Full-sized rock, Sambo, at full power. Nah, it, was really, like, it was metal track kicks in. It was pretty like, funny. It was actually awesome. It was a really cool scene because it it's the first time yep. they stand up to Henry yep. and his um, bully mates, and they like just take him on. It was pretty heavy. But it was good. Like, mm. I mean, what I'm saying is, is that all that shit felt really real. 
Yeah, it Whereas did. in the did. scenes with it, it was like there was obviously an element of supernaturalness to it. Yeah. The kids obviously never had any power in that scenario until they um, just sort of faced him and they kind of made him... Yeah. He was more real right at the end when he was whatever being Correct. he was. Yeah. And then they just like clipped him. So, but, so, so if it's not a power of the wheels, it's literally just a matter of them going out to the thing and killing it, right? And not being scared, though. If there's fear, it's, it's, it's he not, gets strong. It's not having fear because he, he feeds on fear. Ah, uh, right. That makes for the, that's what I'm saying. It makes the second half of the story when they're adults pretty redundant because the kids would make sense for kids to be scared and um, frightened and felt a bit powerless because they don't have, you know, the ability to do things adults can do in terms of, like, I don't know, organized defenses, whatever. But when they're adults, I just feel like the amnesia is it's just a cop-out. Like, you've nah, confronted this thing that. before. I disagree you know totally. Especially when I'm, you look I'm, at Beverly, that character. I'm pretty no sure that she'd be stronger as an adult than what she was as a kid. Quite critical because that's like it's almost that's the real life part of it, right? Exactly. Like, nah. like you, she so ends you, up by being in this fear, like she's in a fearful relationship. She's got a like a, a like married husband. a dad basically. Yeah. Right. So mm. her, she's just as fearful. I mean, all these guys have elements of stuff that fucked up in their life, which makes them extremely fearful. And don't mm. tell me you don't meet people in the world that are fucking scared of irrational things. No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that you, people do suffer. Like it's kind of like a metaphor for people suffering trauma and just have, and carrying that baggage for the rest of their lives, right? See, I'm the sort of person that if I have a problem, right, and I've confronted this problem, I solve this problem, and this problem is, re, is like it reappears. I'm like, okay, well, this is what I have to do, and I'm going to do it, and then it's gone, and I can just get on with my life. So you're I don't understand. Man, Why don't you're, you're, the, you're a one-percenter. One <laughs> Why can't other people... I don't, I've never, look, I've never been um, molested as a kid, so I understand Beverly's perspective of that trauma. Sam, and, this is a slippery slope. No, but what I'm saying is like... <laughs> yeah, crippling trauma. I get it. For yeah, her character, yeah, There's, there's a scale of what yep. people go through. I, I completely get it. But in terms of the book, it's, it, it, it's a monster. It fundamentally is just a monster that, you know... Does monsterish yeah. things. Yeah, so if but, but if, not, no, 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 no. if you're an adult, if we had to confront it, do you not think that we would just be like, okay, so this is what we have to do. Let's just go and do it. But, Fuck off, man. But, that but, is the that is the ultimate is, in like are, ignorant comment, man. What? Like, that's actually those, you Sam, could be those soldiers the point. that are fight that are like fighting ISIS dudes, right? You don't think that they're afraid. Like, oh, just get it done. Just fucking get it done. Just walk no, out there. But shoot that's, man. that's different because that's not something they've experienced before. No, the, the, whole, the whole point of this is they've already got these fears that they grow up with as children, which is, you know, why, why they're these misfits and why they're losers, mm. right? And then what, what the clown's trying to do is use that against them, right? The whole point is to overcome that. But then, obviously, it's the most traumatic experience <laughs> with this clown, <laughs> So it just becomes repressed, right? Yeah, that's probably so true too. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I get what yeah. you mean, but it's it's not so much that, yeah, I know the monster, it makes it ridiculous, but it, it's that sort of underlying undercurrent of, of all these issues, like, you know, well, not so much race in the film compared to the book, but, you know, the, this hypochondria and his brother dying and, mm. and the abusive dad, you know, even with the bully with, with his dad is always making him, like belittling him. It's the clown's just like a, a the representation of of all of that just in in clown form. Yeah. <laughs> I, hates, okay. I guess, what try, I guess what I'm trying to articulate is um I'm not associating that with it 
if that makes sense. What I'm saying from if, nah, if it, you have to because that, that's I think the that's, point. I think that's I'd love to just to finish my sentence before someone tries to cut me off <laughs> and tell me how stupid I am. For fuck's sakes, what well, we're saying, doing after you. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, in terms of the in terms of the monster, right? It mm. itself. Mm. If you have defeated it, the monster, you would presumably, as an adult, be more comfortable doing that again than you would as a kid, right? I think the fact that they're kids and then I think it's more that representation of, of what each of them are, are going through, right? Irrespective of them defeating it, it's almost like, oh, we've overcome our fear, but that still lives within you, right? And then they come back and have all this repressed memory. But they choose to yeah. come back, though. That's the other thing. They don't have to Yeah, come well, they that's, you know, that's, that's obviously... them trying to overcome it, man. That, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's the just progress, rehashing right? it. Mm. So basically, I, think, I, I guess the metaphor is that you, you always just carry the baggage, and it's, it's a constant battle to 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 try yeah. and conquer your fears. Well, it's not just fe- like it's not just fear, but those those things, those events that happen to them, yeah, the trauma, and the yeah. demons that they yeah. carry all the way through. Um, speaking of sort of questions about the film and, and why things happen, I, I, this is probably a, a bit of a um, stretch to ask, but Dave, you might know with with it, why doesn't he just kill the kids? Yes. Oh, when he's got the chance. It's basically it's um it, it's a level of fear thing. So mm. like for example, it wouldn't just walk down the street, scare the shit out of some little kid, and then mm. snap on him and just eat him because it's like oh yep I got your fear up your adrenaline's up got you. Isn't that exactly actually... what happened in the opening scene <laughs> with his brother? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's not scene. because uh, the scene um if you know if you notice. It actually starts with uh, Georgie being too scared to go in the basement. So, yeah, oh, the kid yeah, actually right. has like a yeah. uh, an existing yes. fear of like so. Georgie's fear is the ah, fear of the down, unknown. Down in dark spaces. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, and what's unknown and like you notice like the languages that you know and and I'm completely ripping this off of some other dude's analysis off the internet. Just mm. FYI, um, but Georgie's like when he first meets the clown, he's like, oh, you know, he's scared to talk to strangers. Yeah. So it sort of plays on that sort of shit, and he's like, "Oh well, you know, what's your name? And this is my name. We're no longer strangers, that sort of stuff." And but Georgie's scared to go in there, and like, yeah. So there is actually an escalation of Georgie's fear before yeah. it gets uh, snapped up. Yep. Yep. Is basically sure. he wants to ramp it up. Yeah. And the kids, though, I think because they started to cotton on to him, he had to keep ramping it up because the kids yeah. were stronger together. So right. Right. The idea is is that if they go together and they're all supporting each other and they've got that unity of friendship, they're yeah. less fearful. The it being actually has to ramp them up and make sure he's getting them uh, individually. So yeah. it's just the scale of events because he did try. Like once he got them to go to their house, True. But he, he was like they were all ready to be chomped, and it kind of didn't go well. Yeah, and then yeah, it went yeah, even yeah. worse for him. They uh, hunted him down. Do the adults, are they, like, they're in on it, right? They know something goes on in the town. Is that why they're all a bit... Like, I, I think, Dave, from the book, it's... They sort of, like, try to just to turn this blind eye, right? But I think there's just a very... There's a couple snippets in the movie where you sort of think, like, that's happening because... What's his name? Tits is getting, like, smacked up and the car just drives straight past him, looks, and just, like, Muh, and just keeps going. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, right. I think, I think yeah. that's a bit of a throwback. But, um, yeah, I think you're right, Sam. It's just, like, they just try to ignore. Like, there's missing kids everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> it, <laughs> but in yeah. saying that, though, it must be part of its fucking power or something. Well, that's right. There's I think it's, I mean... 
Billy mentions yeah. that like the missing the missing posters. Yeah, just keep getting stacked yeah. on top of each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the kids like, oh look, they've already forgotten about whoever, and it's yeah, like, yeah, you're right about the that's, last kid when the next yep. kid goes missing. That's yeah. So that's another that's another point that that shows that same thing. But mm. I guess yeah, the whole point is the town is like that, and it just disappears in the end, doesn't it? So all right, we'll move on. What did you guys think of uh, Bill Skargar's performance of Pennywise? Oh, he's no Tim Curry, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Dave, oh god. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Agreed, but I think he did the job, man. I saw the opening scene when I, in American Made. They actually showed it as a, as a trailer, the actual opening sequence when he's in the sewer. And the one thing I thought was just like, dude, swallow or spit some of your saliva because he gives a very wet sound, like <laughs> George, Georgie. Like, he's just so <laughs> fucking, like, so much saliva in his mouth and it just makes a really awkward, weird, wet sound when he speaks. But some. For somebody who likes Rick and Morty, Sam, that that that's a pretty, it's a pretty big stretch considering he's <laughs> slobbering and burping that whole time, and it still shits me after six episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you love it because Rick's just a fucking drunk, right? But this guy's uh, like, dude, spit or fucking swallow, you weirdo clown. It's Georgie. a bit. It's a bit more ominous. Like, I, I haven't, I haven't actually seen the miniseries. I've just, I've seen snippets of it, and obviously, like, it's a little bit camp and a bit mm. sort of, you know. Tim Curry-esque is, you know, a little bit different. But this is just like, he, he played it well, but it's just like full-on ominousness, uh, if that's actually a word. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he looked, did look scary, that's for sure. I was say, does he ever like do the transformation where his like, eyes go diluted and yellow and his teeth go like really sharp, like a piranha? Yeah. He does do yeah, that transformation? There's, there's a lot of that. Oh, nice. Sweet. Sweet. It's actually, yeah. it's actually quite well done. I thought mm. so, yeah. And, and you know what? And yes, agree. Some of it is borderline. I say borderline cheese now, but I remember when I was watching it, I didn't think that. <laughs> so it's like one of those things where you think back to on something, you're out of context. You're like, oh, yeah, was it a bit cheesy? Like the bit where he's like doing the Pennywise dance thing. And it's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, it. That, that was pretty funny. But it's like he... he He's embodying a clown, and the idea yeah. is, I guess, he is just fucking with him. So mm. it's kind of like, man, yeah, okay, I, I see it. And when the kid goes into that room of all the clown shit, mm. that was pretty funny. I was like, oh, Jesus, here we go. <laughs> that yeah. was actually a bit. So, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, Sam. It was passable, man. Like, it, it, it could have been done better, but at the same time, it was done exactly to the level it needed to be done for the film. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think it did it well, but I, th- I think... I think one thing, like like, like I said before, I, I I think the movie shot really well and and it's and it's you know quite well casted and you know it look it looks pretty good. But the one thing that just irritated the shit out of me, and by the end of it, you just like Meh, whatever, is how many jump scares can you do in the space of two hours? <laughs> it's just like <laughs> jump scare after jump scare. It, it's just out of control. And by halfway through, you're like, oh okay, here come here comes the build up and jump scare. So yeah. it's just, it gets like, pretty you know tiring. I think you haven't seen many modern day horror films because the level of jump scare in this is actually turned down for modern well, day Well, okay, that, that's, that's fair enough. But that almost proves my point is that, is that like uh, the, the horror is, is quite good, but it's, it just wasn't executed great that you're just using jump scares all the time. I, I don't think it's a good, like a, a good, technique to, to just hammer throughout a movie, especially a movie like this, right? Um, you know, like something like Saw, 
back in the like you know it's it's a quite an old movie now but i mean that that's horror that's horrific but yeah it's but i think it's cuz i don't know if this is a true traditional sense of horror though man no nah, like, it isn't i it isn't I, I, like i actually view this material as more of a um like fantasy thriller yeah, fantasy you know what I mean? With horror elements. Like, it's not... It, it's yeah. kids on an Chance. adventure story. It's Shining, not a true horror. Yeah, The Shining's more of a horror. This is more of a fantasy sort of... Okay. You know. But, but I mean, still... Like, if, if you want to ramp up that tension, I mean, it, like, that stops working after after a while. And, yeah, I mean, like, whatever modern-day films, whatever, that's what they do, that's fine. But I'm just saying, in the context of this film... And and you know the, the way it was shot and the way it looks, I think it just it detracted from it a bit. Just the constant, well, literally you could just predict it coming with the build up, and then here it is. It just well, got a bit tiring after like, a while. You can't suspend reality while you're watching a film. So <laughs> yeah. you like your watch timing the next jump scare and like trying to put it down to science or something. Yeah, but look, look, See, I'll, look I'll tell you what something. I mean, Chance. You're such a rational bloke. You come down to science. If you're like, nah, 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 up, nah. if you come up to, if you're coming up against it, you'd be like, guys, 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 this is what we're going to do, right? He feeds on fear, right? So don't be scared, guys. Let's just do this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rationalizing it at all. I'm just, I'm just saying that it just, in terms of the context of how it was made, it could, it could have been done better. I think it was just a little bit sloppy for, for what, what is quite a decent movie, right? Mm. It could have made it a little bit better. If you want to say it's not a horror film, then fine. Then, then even then, they should have just pared back on it a bit, right? Um, and it would have just made it a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more clever, a little bit more. Bearable. Let me ask you but, this though: Did people jump in your when you watched it? In the beginning, there was a few. There was a few sort of, you know. Well, yeah, obviously there was, right? But then, like, like I said, after the after the first few or halfway through, there was just laughter because <laughs> it was just getting ridiculous. Like it was just getting predictable, and it was it was actually getting pretty funny. So I, I I think it detracted from it a bit. I I still think it was entertaining and decent, but yeah, I think they just overdid it a bit on that. So yeah, fair call. Yeah. What would you guys uh, give this in terms of rating? Is it worth going to the movies? Is it worth just waiting and download, or um, would you actually you know just pirate it? Where <laughs> what's what's the rating <laughs> for this? Uh, I, I would say see it in the cinemas, man. Still. Yeah. Yeah. You'll lose yeah. you'll lose a lot of the of, of the impact of the film if you don't see it there. But I think you've got to be a bit more of a fan of this type of stuff to want it to to see it. I mean, again, like if it wasn't for this, I, I probably wouldn't have <laughs> because I'm not a fan of of that type of Actually, stuff. But let, let me say this though, Chance. What I would suggest is if you haven't read the book, don't do not read the book if you haven't. Go watch this movie, enjoy it for what it is. Wait yep. for the sequel to come out. Yeah. Watch that for what it is. Mm. And then go read the book. All right, let's maybe uh, shift gears a bit and just talk about Stephen King overall. So this is actually the second major motion picture based on Stephen King's works. The first one um, being Dark Tower, and that bombed hardcore. I'm assuming you mean for this year, Sam? Yeah, I said for this year. Didn't yeah, I? have to. <laughs> I don't think you did, but <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Um, so I mean, yep. there's actually a, quite a bit of Stephen work, um, Stephen King, sorry, um, coming to Netflix this year. Um, so next Friday night, I think September 23rd or 22nd, um, there's a movie coming out called Gerald's Game, which is based in the Stephen King book. Yeah, do you guys know what that, that's about? Basically, yeah, the um, yeah, the, the, oh, go on. A couple whose marriage is failing decides to go spend um, a weekend in a cabin in the woods. Uh, the husband, just, you know, wants to handcuff his wife to the bed, and he pretends he's going to rape her. So she freaks out and says, "No, nah, I don't like this. Let's stop that." Uh, 
<laughs> and then the husband's like, oh, Jesus Christ, sorry. I thought this was all like part of the fun. But then he has a heart attack and dies while she's left Hank after the bed. And right. then she kind of like hallucinates and um, goes a bit uh, crazy from like obviously sleep deprivation, um, hunger and, you know, being dehydrated. It gets to the stage where she can't differentiate between hallucinations and what's reality. Apparently, there's also another theme of like or another plot point is there's like a, a murderer, a necrophiliac mur- slash murderer loose in the same area. <laughs> so she's like worried about getting murdered. <laughs> <laughs> what's being changed to the bed so apparently that's meant the trailer looked really good so that's going to come out um soon so we'll actually review that that might actually be another f- good follow-up to this episode but i guess what i wanted to say is i think stephen king films in general tend, tend to be very hit or miss like the, the the stories aren't conventional stories they always have fantasy slash sci-fi elements yeah. to them yeah well hang on hang on how many stephen king because okay, so not including the TV miniseries, yeah, right. You're thinking Carrie was good. The first one, it was okay. Oh, I wouldn't say it's fantastic, but it's okay. Yeah, Pet Cemetery, I remember was wasn't that a TV uh, movie? Ah, uh, was it a TV movie? Or I thought Pet Cemetery did get a cinema release. I can't no, remember. I can't remember. Wrong. Pet Cemetery was actually pretty scary. That was actually pretty scary. That was Did, yeah. Didn't um didn't Stephen King hate the Shining movie? Like didn't yeah, he just it. like hated really it. not like it? Yeah, he actually redid his own TV TV movie, um, mm. with the, the the weird ending with all the hedges coming to life and being real things. Yeah, um, yeah. No. Well, they all got some People... sort of like um, paranormal elements in them. Like, does it to uh, whatever degree they do? Like, maybe stand by from, me. Um, stand by me is probably and, anyone well, doesn't. and Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> A white guy getting convicted of murder in the fifties. He kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not paranormal. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. That guy would have, Andy the Frame would have gotten off in real life. 100%. Yeah. I love it. 100%. Topical and, uh, and current. Um, okay, so maybe, well, my point being, like, it's very hard to get his adapt- adaptions well because people really love the books. And to Dave's point, if some people would rather the book because it's, I guess, a more whole story and they like those paranormal elements. When I say whole story, it gives you the whole spectrum of the fantasy and whatnot. Whereas in the movie, you got to like his books obviously can be like ten thousand pages long, some of them, right? So you have to condense it down to be a, like a cohesive story. So it's harder to get capture all the magic. So yeah. I want to pose this question: long way to get to it, but here's the question: Do you enjoy Stephen King's adaptions? Slash, do you think they actually are? Well, truthful or and or good. So Dave kind of touched on um, Carrie. Yeah. I think uh, there's probably a few Stephen King movies that probably fall into the category of movies as good or better than the book, right? Ooh, because name them. I'm not. Name him. Like, Come on, chance, Stephen King. Well, Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Right. Even though he didn't like The Shining, The Shining is actually pretty good. Yeah, The Shining right? movie is definitely better than The Shining book. 100%. And 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 he. And even King admitted that Shawshank Redemption is like, good luck turning that into a movie. And it literally was just, you know, a dialogue fest. But, I mean, look what it, look where it went, right? Hmm. Um, Green Mile was done quite well as well. I actually... Uh, um, I didn't like Green uh, to Mile. To be honest, I didn't like Green Mile either. I, I didn't, didn't like Green Mile. Yeah. Yeah. That but, I mean, in, ter- in, terms, in terms of what it was to the book, right, it's, you know... I can't, well, I can't comment because I didn't read the book. Mm. But that movie did not inspire me to read the book. Yeah, fair enough. Right's a really niche genre. 
Like, mm. no one sort of writes the genre. Well, I'm sure there's probably fucking thousands of people that write it, but it, no one of that stature writes that genre like that. Yeah, he sort of mm. cemented himself in that. In that term, well, look at right. this. Yeah, look at his works, man. Like, they're crazy. The, the He's span. pretty prolific. I didn't realize. Stand by me, it was awesome. Right? Yeah, I didn't even realize all of that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but yeah. What, well, I guess my question was like, do you think the movies adaptions work? And I would say, more not, more often than not, they are worse or, or poor than they are. Nah, better. I don't think so, man. Think what for Stephen are. King? For Stephen King movies, I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I agree. Okay, well let's have a look. So okay, so the good ones, and I agree, these are good films. Um, Stand by Me, Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption, The Shining, yep. Misery. So that's about four. Oh, that's off the top of my head, that's about four I can think of. And I mean, you could okay, uh, you could argue Carrie and maybe I don't know, whatever. It Cujo yeah, is it, it one. Cujo was freaky, yeah. But then you like you look at the other one, or maybe Pet Cemetery. You could probably include in that one, right? So but then you look at the Dark Tower for one that came out this year that got like a zero. Yeah, that that was that's hard though to turn seven books into one movie. Lawnmower Man, yeah, that, I, was, I don't know. that was terrible. That was awesome. Yeah. Long oh, man. man, it was an oh, awesome give film. Me a break. Give me a break. Give nah, me a that, was, that was a classic. Long that man. is you a classic. Are, you guys are high as fuck. I mean, that's terrible, <laughs> that movie. That's um, great. Ch- Children half. of the Corn. Do you guys remember that's the Dark pretty... Half? Nah. Children that of was... the Corn? That was rubbish. Yeah, it's all Wait, rubbish. Like... Of... Hang on. Did nah, he that's, do children... that's not his book, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's his. Look, I, I would say... I think you're going 50-50, man. I think it's 50-50. Yeah, well, I, I say it's 50-50 at best. I think we look at it, his last... This It is probably the last, the most recent movie adaption that's been well-received yeah. and entertaining. You'd have you struggle to go back and find another one in recent memory that was one success, a commercial success and two, just like a good, enjoyable flick. Because, like, they all came out in the 80s. Stand By Me came out in 86. Shawshank Redemption is, like, um, in the 90s or whatever, like, 96 or something. The Shining's in the 70s or the 80s. Pet Cemetery's in the 80s. Like, they're all in the 80s. Like he's actually, got, he's actually got a lot. Like, it, it's probably, like, 50 different adaptations between from the late 70s through to now. It's actually quite prolific what's I'm, here. I'm just having a look through the list. Yeah, the guy, um, the guy is is is, uh, is his machine. He just pumps out. So obviously material. that tells you something. But I mean, I, I think they've got more. Like, say, you, and you you take an average of all movies based on books, right? Mm-hmm. You, you get a percentage of which ones are as good or or just as good or better, right? And then put that to Stephen King books, you probably get a high percentage. I don't know. I'm just making all these stats up, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying, that that way. I, I do. Because I, I think you know what I mean. Adaptations. Fail at a much higher rate. Yeah, than yeah. Have Stephen King films. Yeah, that's a good call. Didn't think about that. That's actually, yeah, that's actually put mm-hmm. that more. That's twice you put perspective onto me, Dave. One about trauma. <laughs> trauma lives with you forever, and two movie adaptions or to book adaptions fail at a higher rate than <laughs> than original film concepts. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Uh, I've grown this. I'm, gr- I'm all about that personal growth. I'm sorry for the insensitive comments I've made in this um, podcast episode. How long did this it go for? Oh, it goes for about two hours. Oh, fucking <laughs> yeah, hell. Two hours. Oh, that puts me off. It that, was... puts you, that puts me yeah. right off. Oh, no way what? I'm sitting through that. Dave, were there, were, there a few, were there a few check your phone moments in the film? Uh, How did you go? No, there weren't, but they're kind of. There was, but there wasn't, because yeah, I knew, I, I like, 
like I knew I got to the hour and a half mark when they first fought the monster. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, and it's probably about 8.30 now. <laughs> and I just yeah. wanted to check to see how late it was. Because I went, I, like, I, I ran there after work uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. So I just wanted to know, like, what the time was. But I wasn't bored. It, it kind of like the pacing was exactly how I expected it to be. I personally won't be able to do, I couldn't do two hours in a, in a movie theater for this type of genre. I'm like you, Chance. Yep. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. And there's only two films to date that is actually like that I haven't got my phone out for. Um, one was Dunkirk, and the other one was yep. American Made. I yep. am habitual. I'm just like if I'm bored in this movie, I'm getting that phone out and I'm not paying attention. <laughs> like, um, have you listened to the Baby Driver no. episode? Oh my god, that movie! I wanted to walk out, and my missus would not let me. But that instantly lost my my attention. Wonder Woman mm, kind of had me in parts, but I did check my phone in Wonder Woman. Guardians of the Galaxy, I did check my phone. Um, what else did we reviewed? Yeah. So basically, what I'm trying to say is, I have a very, I don't have a wide attention span, and two hours in this shit is <laughs> yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, probably not worth it then for you, Sam. No, but... it's, not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. That's disappointing. Right. Why is that? Oh, no, is it like I would have thought that uh, you'd give it a go just because uh, it's. No, I will. Like, I, it's I will fairly. Get, like it's it's pop culture heavy. Like mm. it's kind of like in the zeitgeist. It kind of summarizes. Like I think it's a good. It's actually a really good timepiece for probably where Stephen King. Uh, sorry, yeah, Stephen King was at in his life when he wrote that book. Like it summarizes mm. yeah. like the height yeah. of his like success mm. and craziness and you know cocaine kingness. Like it's actually, I just think it's it's a pretty good jumping on point. Like you, go, if you're gonna see one Stephen King film, or if you're gonna bother ever getting into any of his content, at the moment, at this point in time, time stamped for this podcast, I would say I would actually suggest this is the film to do it. There you go, high praise, high praise. All right, listeners, um, you can follow us on Twitter at fmmrpod uh, on SoundCloud on iTunes. RSS feed is all working, it's all up to date, all schmick. Um, Dave, what's your Twitter handle? Can you remember? Um, I don't remember at all. all right, well, it doesn't you, really matter because I don't check it that often. But. There you go. Chance, are you on Twitter? I am, and um, as if I'm going to give that out. <laughs> all right. So you got the wrong guy, mate. I'm you surprised got... you even got me to do these things. Yeah, fair enough. All right, um, right listeners. Thanks for paying attention. Thanks for the uh, downloads and listens, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks.